Hi there, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching, and we are going to keep it quick today, focused on two truths that I know you need to focus on when your child is, uh, if you fear your child is manipulating you. So when we're parenting sensitive kids, if their behaviors are big, explosive, or implosive, they're crying, they're losing it, you're struggling to help them stay on task and follow through on your expectations, even to the point where your child's big behaviors include hitting, kicking, screaming, running away, throwing things. It is so important to pay attention to who and what is in control of your child's behavior. Hello and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children? Stop walking on eggshells and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. Here at MTC, we help parents of highly sensitive kids eliminate the daily meltdown cycle and teach their children to be playfully resilient in as little as eight weeks. And that first stage is really focusing on ensuring that you as a parent have that level of hope and helpfulness and power in your own home. And the first thing that we help our clients focus on is the assumptions that they make about their children. Now, if you are noticing that your child experiences the world with big, wise, uh, overarching, deep thoughts and questions about life to the point where they might even be perfectionistic, uh, even rigid with the number of rules that they have for their lives, and uh, they're struggling to notice what rules they need to focus on and what day and what expectations they need to adhere to on a day-to-day -day basis, especially if your sensitive kid has big expectations for what their day might look like, then it is so critical that you listen up to uh, this first piece, right? Because when your kid has a huge imagination and they're taking in a lot of details about the world and they're thinking and contemplating about a lot of details of the world, if their imagination has led to expectations for the day that don't match yours, whew, watch out if your family is stuck in the meltdown cycle, right? That might mean that your child is going to dig their heels in, they'll refuse, they'll shut down, they'll cry, they'll explode or they'll implode. You know, I'm the worst kid ever. How, you know, how dare you, mom, tell me what to do. You're the worst mom ever, right? All of these uh, self-deprecating or, or destructive language uh, terms used in the home. And you and I both know you're not teaching your child directly to use that language. And so as a parent, you can really wonder, where is this coming from, right? Is this coming from my child's soul? Or is this coming from my child's head? Are they trying to manipulate me? And that's the question that we're going to be focusing on today. And I'm going to answer it with two key points that we're really going to hone in on quickly because when when we focus on this in a in a pointed manner there's no arguing it right so truth number 1 is that no one can manipulate you without your consent especially a parent who is working with a child right no child can manipulate you 
without your consent. Who's in charge, right? Now, let's make sure that we're clear. If you're self-aware and insightful that you can be reactive and do things you regret, then you might not feel in charge all the time from a safe and emotionally intelligent way, right? You might feel reactive. You might yell occasionally. You might uh, struggle to keep it together. Um, You might worry. You might spin out in your own emotional cycle there. And I'm not talking about those moments when we focus on who's in charge, right? That is uh, your own part of the cycle and how you contribute to the cycle is, is definitely part of the puzzle for sure. And when you're looking at your child's behavior and you're wondering what's driving your child's behavior and where your child is motivated, right? You have to decide that your child isn't motivated by seeking power over you, right? That level of of, uh, maniacal uh, existence isn't something that a child can actually plan for. And a a child's mind needs to plan to manipulate somebody and think in advance and understand cause and effect enough to really pay attention to um, the the math equation, like the, the, the social math equation that needs to happen in order to manipulate an adult. And so you and I both know that that is just simply impossible for a young child to think that thoroughly in advance. Your child very well may be doing things that are out of character for them. And that is definitely part of the meltdown cycle. It's absolutely something you need to pay attention to and you need to take seriously. And I implore you not to jump to the conclusion that your child is doing this on purpose, that they want you to suffer, uh, that they want you to struggle, and that they are actively trying to work against you and their relationship with you. Why? because that's self-destructive behavior. And at its core, no human being is going to be intentionally self-destructive, right? So what happens? Children are unintentionally self-destructive, impulsively self-destructive, impulsively destructive to their relationships. And highly sensitive kids without emotion management skills, without the capacity to stay steady in the in the time of strife and, and overwhelm, will be much more impulsive than their peers and much more impulsive than uh, the average child. And that, that level of impulsivity will be quicker and it will be more intense, right? Now, does that mean that your kids should be met with uh, a presumption that they're hyperactive and, and you need to go get them diagnosed for ADHD? Not necessarily, absolutely not. Uh, Highly sensitive kids who feel big feelings and are quick to impulse uh, can absolutely be shifted out of that behavior. And it starts first with you. You have to decide, does it serve me? Does it serve my child to decide that my kid has power over me in this dynamic, in this family dynamic? Will I be an effective parent Will I be an effective leader in teaching my child resiliency if I give my power away to my kid? Now, powerlessness, hopelessness, helplessness is a symptom of the meltdown cycle. So if you're experiencing those emotions, it is absolutely part of this equation in the family dynamic. It's not your fault though, right? It is your responsibility, however, to fix, all right? It is your responsibility to break out of that emotional intensity. You also have to decide you're not a victim, which goes back to, you know, who's in charge, right? And and victims 
report that their circumstances and, and what's going on around them is the reason that they are who they are. Right? But empowered parents who want their children to, to make empowered decisions have to make empowered decisions themselves, right? So you need to decide that it is not your child who controls your behavior. It is you. Yeah. And, and I know that that resonates with you. You wouldn't be listening to what I have to say. You wouldn't be cheering on uh, and, and, and cheering on your child in their strengths. You wouldn't be diligently working at trying to break your family out of this uh, meltdown cycle on your own, churning through any and everything you can find on Google or, or here in this podcast or this show, um, you know, trying to teach your kid coping skills or, or learn about emotions at the, at the basic foundational level if you weren't dedicated to solve this problem and if you didn't believe you had an internal locus of control, right? That internal sense that I am in charge of my own reality. I need to deal with whatever happens to me that I didn't necessarily cause and I have to do that from an empowering place in order to achieve my goals in life. You resonate with those sentences, right? <laughs> If you don't, then we probably aren't a fit to work together or really for you to continue to listen to our show. You might doubt it, but if you really don't believe those those statements, we're probably not a fit. We work best in our, you know, my audience, my the parents that we work with and the pr- principles that we follow uh, apply most effectively to parents who believe that they can change their family dynamic because you're the adult. You're the adult who leads the show. You convey the values and principles to your child. If you're stuck trying to get the outcome that you're looking for, it doesn't mean that you're not influential. It doesn't mean you need to outsource that to somebody else who can have nice heart-to-heart conversations with your kid. It just means that your strategy isn't working. All right. So that's number one. Truth number one, nobody can manipulate you without your consent. If you're feeling like you have zero control in the matter. That's a symptom of the meltdown cycle. It's got nothing to do with you and it's got nothing to do with your circumstances. It's got everything to do with your approach to solve the problem, which is not you as a person, (laughs) right? So many of us as parents, so many of us growing up, we're taught to take personal, um, value in our way of thinking to the point where we start feeling so proud of how we think that if we can't solve the problem based on our current line of thinking, then we end up criticizing ourselves. There must be something wrong with me. And so when somebody says, hey, your line of thinking on this topic is inappropriate, and you automatically, especially when it comes down to your kid, and you automatically think, Uh, that must mean there's something wrong with me, then you've aligned yourself with the only way you know how to think right now on a certain problem um, is tied to your identity, right? And and, and how you think about the world is not tied to your identity unless you make it so, right? And you have to to make it so based on a a principle of being empowered because otherwise you have a fixed mindset. The way I think about this problem right now can't change. And if I can't solve this problem, then I can't solve this problem. And I can't think about solving this problem in any other way other than telling myself that I'm a bad person. I'm the worst parent in the world. And I must not be capable of learning how to solve this problem any differently because I've been trying so far. And as a result, I need somebody to do it for me. Now, what's so important to pay attention to in that whole mindset 
rabbit hole you just took yourself down, right, is that you are maintaining that belief that you're powerless and you're maintaining that emotion that you're powerless and then you end up following it and you're following your emotions. Now, here's the deal. Feelings aren't facts. So you get to ask yourself, am I really powerless in this situation? Is that 100% true? If it's not, then you get to ask yourself, well, what else am I presuming isn't really true? Can I presume that my child actually isn't manipulating me? And in fact, I'm reactive. And people who act reactively in problems are typically trying to survive. And maybe I need help breaking out of survival mode, right? So then we get into truth number two, which is related to your child's brain development. Children live in the present moment most often and, and especially are emotion driven. And so if your child's present moment is emotionally driven and they are most intensely experiencing negative emotions and more frequently experiencing negative emotions than positive, then their behavior is going to be more negative than positive. That doesn't mean that their personality is negative. That doesn't mean that their attention to detail is going to always focus on the negativity unless you choose not to lead them out of that. And uh, this is truth number two, that you are the catalyst for change for your child. Your child will not change their own perspective if they're going down that same rabbit hole. We just talked about how you were headed, right? So you have to help them and, and lead them into a, a different manner and lead them towards a different way of thinking. And you have to think from a growth mindset first in order for your child to think from a growth mindset. Now, when we think about that, um, that perspective, and when we take, a, take a, a look at solving this problem from that angle, you get the opportunity to decide how resilient am I? How often do I look at my family's dynamic as a whole? Do I, do I, I try to be more of a, a observer of the family dynamic than a quick reactor and a um, shoot from the hip kind of person when I'm leading the whole family, right? So if you have multiple children, if there's multiple parents in, involved, then uh, this complicates it. We need both parents to be part of that leadership team, especially if you live together, especially if you're married, right? And if that's the case, then both of you need to be on the same page that you want the best for your children and you are in charge as parents. Now, the best leaders do not create that I'm in charge from fear. Listen to me or else, right? Listen to me or or there will be a consequence, right? And they create it from love. I care about you. I know you're capable. I see that your destiny that's greater than what you're fearing right now. You can't fear and love at the same time. You can't parent from fear and help your child focus on your love for them and see that they can demonstrate self-compassion, self-love in that respect, right? They won't be able to break themselves out of the self-criticism if you are focused in a reactive manner, right? So you know this, right, as a, a, a like globally, logically leading your child from, from a way to, from a, um, a, a stance, a principle, a value that they are full of strengths, that they are full of, of capability, they are full of potential. And yet, if you're stuck swirling the drain of reactivity as a parent, the day-to-day, 
uh, uh, life is, is continuously getting away from you. You're noticing that you're only focusing on uh, surviving through the day and, and laying your head on the pillow. And finally, when you do that, that's when you spin out into wondering how you're going to solve this problem. Then it's time to take clear and consistent and drastic action because you won't solve this problem from the same behavior patterns that have gotten you in this pattern in the first place. And I say that with love. I say that with care. But when we think about solving this big overarching meltdown cycle problem, you have to notice that you are part of the the problem. I say that again with compassion and care. You have to notice that your approach to solve problems isn't working to solve this one. And you have to notice that it's time to get support because at this point, if you could have solved it in your general line of creative thinking, you would have already And there's a lot that you're not seeing in this dynamic that we help our parents, our clients see um, in a much more empowering capacity because uh, trying to solve this problem without creativity, without curiosity, uh, without a sense of empowerment will actually perpetuate that helplessness, perpetuate that hopelessness. And a child isn't capable from a neuroscience standpoint of... uh, strategically planning other people's demise. So as a result, your child can't be manipulative. They can be reactive and you can feel manipulated, but that's only if you're reactive too and you gave your power away to your nine-year-old or your six-year-old or your four-year-old. But that is a conscious choice once we bring light to it, right? So And it's a heck of a lot easier to stop beating yourself up about that being a conscious choice once you realize you are making a choice there if you have a process to actively stay out of that reactivity. And so I encourage you to have a conversation with yourself. Ask yourself, hey, uh, you know, could I have fixed this yesterday with better knowledge? Could I have solved this yesterday with with uh, a different level of education on the problem? And if the answer is yes, then I then I ask you to ask yourself, why are you waiting to come up with more new shiny object answers to solve this problem? Go ahead and book a call with our team. We are happy to help you see differently uh, how you're contributing to the problem, how you can stay out of it in an empowering manner, and then you can teach your child how to resiliently and creatively solve their own problems because you are looking at this problem from a resilient mindset as well. And resilient people ask for help when they haven't been able to fix something. Resilient people seek uh, guidance and wisdom outside their own uh, bubble, if if that's the, the respect. And, and it's going to take some unconventional approaches to build emotional intelligence for a child who's already very intelligent and already very emotionally creative and emotionally compassionate. You know your kid has those skills and has those innate gifts even. However, if your child is stuck in demonstrating those skills consistently and you've been trying to hone this in and instead what you're getting is daily meltdowns or your child is using self-deprecating language and you're starting to demonstrate self-deprecating language and and self-criticism too, 
then the problem is bigger than what you can break out of. And I encourage you to notice what the key problem is, right? That this actually is a multifaceted problem. Uh, it takes you and your child and, and you have two different people at least to minimum who are contributing to this. And so it's time to get a neutral party involved who can help you break out of this pattern, who can serve you to think about the problem more critically, who can help you react differently in the moment and help you teach your child to do the very same playfully, uh, joyfully, compassionately uh, towards themselves, towards you and, and, and towards the whole family, right? And that's absolutely possible and you can do this quickly, right? It doesn't have to take a year of introspection and wondering about change and hoping that they are learning from an hour long conversation over and over and over again. You can learn differently from an hour long conversation and then f install a system into your family's dynamic that actually helps you stay out of survival mode. And I'm happy to share with you how we help our clients do that. Uh, if it's a good fit for us to consider working together, we will absolutely have a call with you and walk you through that whole process on the phone. Uh, if your family's needs are actually better off met by some other process, uh, either that we offer or that other professionals might you know, need to demonstrate to you or, or walk you through, then on the call that we have with our team or in a communication with our team prior to that call, we will share that with you. We're happy to do that. We want our clients to win. We want to maintain our high success rate. And it, with that dual uh, level of responsibility, we are able to do that. So I encourage you to notice there's nothing to lose and everything to gain in that conversation. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to that conversation um, just as much as I know you can be. So let's do it. All right. Happy to talk to you there and happy to help you get rolling in the work that we do so that you can uh, focus on your child and your whole family dynamic thriving uh, rather than just hanging on, trying to get the job done, waiting for it to shake itself out. All right. Talk soon. Bye now. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson. And we look forward to speaking to you soon.